0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for joining us in sunny South Florida. Did you know that today is National Cocktail Day? Could be coffee, could be whiskey. One will never know. Just kidding, just kidding. This is my good morning coffee with all my Disney friends on my coffee cup because, you know, Floridians were all about Disney. Anyway, good morning. Um, so on our last episode, we took a pause from compliance to chat about the No Surprise Act, right? And um, I couldn't thank Kimberly enough for being on, on the show last last time and talking about um, this new process that's coming about and how we can find out more information. But we are going to get back on track with compliance today. And over the past few episodes, we have chatted about policy and procedures you know what are we supposed to do and how are we supposed to do it we also talked about auditing and monitoring you know making sure that we're checking uh our lcds our ncds are we really documenting what we need to be seeing we also chatted about education and your selection of education and how we can find out more information and going to webinars and, and participating with our local AEBC chapters and all kinds of areas. So I thought we would kind of move into the next ish, uh, element of compliance. You know, those are all elements of compliance. So I thought we would move into communication today. So who better to join me to discuss communication within compliance than Caitlin Brock, the black belt, Of networking. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Okay, that was a little cheesy. (laughs) I had to. I'm sorry, Caitlin. Um, You know, I I know that you've been recently touring a lot of the AAPC chapters and you've been talking about the importance of networking. And um, I interpret networking as kind of the new form of communication, right? I have a lot of friends that we reach back and forth. So I want to thank you so very much um, for taking time out of your busy day. Mom, wife, daughter-in-law, amazing coder, right? I mean, the trifecta there. So,
1: um, Caitlin, thanks yeah. for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I, you know, you and I've talked quite a bit just about how how important communication is on all facets. So, I'm um, I'm really excited to talk about how it kind of relates to the compliance piece of everything.
0: Absolutely, and and I think lots of people. Uh, the reason I started down this path is that lots of people feel like compliance is this like really big thing or it's just admin or whatever. And compliance really has to do with each and every one of us. Once we start looking at it, really what it, what it means. So um, in today's episode, we're going to chat about developing open lines of communication, how they pertain to compliance within your organization and and take it from that big, you know, com- uh, yeah, I'm getting all tongue tied this morning. Let me tell you, it was not a great night for me last night. Um, anyway, but we want to see those different guidelines. Now, you know, you can always find the compliance guidelines on the OIG's website. So OIG, compliance, guidance, and then it's going to take you to all of the specific compliance guidelines. So we have hospital guidelines, hospice guidelines, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on, but for the for the purpose of this conversation we're going to be looking at the physicians compliance guidance there so those of you that have never taken a look at it it comes up as the federal registry it looks very intimidating but if you take it one paragraph at a time and you read it you'll see that they're just trying to help us do the right thing right that's the the total premise behind it so with that sixth element that we're going to talk about in the compliance program um we're going to run through some of the examples that the OIG gives us but then we're going to talk about them in real conversation sounds good
1: yeah i know i've you've know, looked at the compliance plan before and it it can it can be overwhelming the first time you look at it so i, I think i think your know, our discussion today might help might help kind of clear up some of those some of those blurred lines so.
0: absolutely so the first thing that the OIG tells us in the federal registry is the requirement that employees conduct a reasonable, um, uh, that that employees who conduct. So I'm not going to be able to say all of this today. I don't even know why. It's just been one of those days, right? You get tongue tied. So poor Caitlin was so nervous earlier about coming on and I was like, no, don't. This is just a chat between you and I, right? (laughs) So um, basically what they're telling us here in this component is if you see something, you should say something that, you know, Sometimes you don't have to be hundred percent sure of it. That's why we have a system in place. You could easily say, like, "Hey, Caitlin, um, you know, I saw so and so waving a copay the other day, and and I know that our policy is that we collect all copays. So, do you think that that might be an issue for compliance? So, I would go to you, my supervisor. I would go to to someone else, and we could talk about that." So, have you ever been in a situation where you've seen something and you were not sure whether you should say something or not?
1: Yeah, um, I actually, I had a, I had an, uh, I had a provider that was. Uh, I worked with a lot of physicians that did that kind of the rounding. You know, they did a lot of the hospital type rounding, or they went to nursing homes. Uh, you know, like I said, outside hospitals. Those, you know, those different types of entities where we weren't the primary place of service. So we would get the, you know, we would get like the, the super bills. So they would tell, you know, they would tell us, you know, the level of service, anything they performed on the patient, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I had a provider that had sent in some nursing home charges, but the patient, one of the patients that was in that list was actually inpatient on the date of service. So, um, I, I ran I ran and got I ran and got those those you know all the other charges that that was in that batch just so just so I could take a quick look um, and I do want to specify this was a patient that you know he did see regularly so I don't know if it's one of those things where you know forgot to take the charge sheet out you know what have you but you know at that point in time that's you know I was like okay I need I need to take another look at this and then from there you know I kind of I kind of went on to my supervisor and was just like hey you know this is I noticed this. I don't know if this, you know, I don't know what the nature of of this intention was. Can we can we take a look at it? Um, turned out that it was just it was an accidental repeat of the previous week's charges. So that was, you know, thank goodness there. But you know, again, that's kind of yeah. one of those areas.
0: I, th- I think that's important too because you know it it could have been that you know if if it hadn't turned out to be last week's charges you know, maybe this provider really did make a, an accident and, and do something like that, you know, submit that charge into you because they saw them all the time. And they just kind of went on. Sometimes in those nursing right. facilities, people are two to a room, you see one patient, you might accidentally right. feel like you saw the other patient, depending on how many patients you have You're rounding. But um, I like the fact that you can communicate with somebody who can help you in looking into it to find out what that answer is. So Uh, The next thing that comes up is creating a a user-friendly type of way to communicate with people Mm -hmm. about these problems. And it was nice that you could just pick up the phone and call your supervisor, but there should be some other kind of a process that everyone in the office knows, right? So part of your compliance program. So they know that if you see something, you should email so-and-so, your compliance officer, or goes to your supervisor first, or, you know, what is the route? Is it an email? Is it a phone call? Do you make an appointment with somebody? Um, How do you communicate? Because I know that sometimes we feel like it's not our business, right? Right. But what if this, what if it was, what if it was something wrong with the way that that provider was submitting their charges, you know, that would have been a great opportunity to stop a bad habit before it even becomes a habit. So what are some of the ways in the places that you've worked that you have had those um, processes in place to report something if you see it?
1: I think, I think one of the, one of the best things that I, and one that I've, I've been a huge fan of um as the the anonymous hotline cuz you know some people are afraid of that retaliation so being able to call in and you know and give give kind of that tip off and still be able to remain anonymous and especially with the work at home environment now you know a lot of us a lot of us are remote there's still there's still quite a few that are in office and things like that but mm-hmm. i think especially with the increase in work at home um and i used to have to round on my coders And that would be one of the things that they would talk to me, like, I don't know why this would come up. Like, like, yeah, I would feel comfortable talking to you about it. But what would I see working from home? I'm not in the office. And I'm like, well, you know, we work directly with patient charts. If there's, if you're noticing an incorrect bill of some sort, um, incorrect patient, you know, incorrect note on a different, Mm -hmm. on the incorrect patient. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things that we can catch. And that's, And that puts us, you know, that helps that that holds us to a higher standard than what we think at times.
2: You're probably the
0: first people that touch anything uh, is the coder is usually that comes directly Mm -hmm. from the provider to the coder. And I think that's what's so important. And then when it passes the coder's hand, it goes into the billers. So we have a couple of opportunities to mitigate any problems because we're the ones that are constantly touching that claim for the very first time, either in its inception in coding or. Whether it's in the billing side. Now, I know I have a lot of friends that uh, they believe in the not my business type of mentality there. So uh, when we look at this next one, I kind of think about that. Um, And I want to reach out to my friends who think that it's not my place to say something. You know, they're the doctor, or, you know, uh, last time I said something, they were not happy. That really shouldn't be something that stops us. We should always, have that, that moral compass in place. imagine how guilty you would feel if you found out that there was something that when it came to you, maybe to you, Caitlin, that it was so innocent, but it became a habit. It became a problem. It became an audit. It became an overpayment. Maybe even, you know, it, depending on what it is, you could even come to work and there'd be chains on the doors. We're out of business. Oh, that would affect you. Yes. Also, you know I, I start thinking about all the costs that are involved in right. even defending yourself against an, an additional documentation request or an audit you know everything costs money and and i have another doctor that i work with and he says you know i had a big audit once and i i beat it i achieved it and i <laughs> says yeah at what cost right because nobody right. got bonuses this year because you paid 250,000 to your attorney you paid another, you know, 100,000 in com- auditors and, and, you know, compliance people and your staff had to work extra. So how did that really benefit you that you beat it? So, okay, I, I get off track sometimes. So what are some of the things that you feel that people should start thinking about when it comes to um, their reservations for speaking out?
1: Well, I like I like the point that you made you know, with, with the with the doors closing. And I think I can I can relate to a lot of us on here whenever you find whenever you find a, a doctor or a provider that listens to you that you're comfortable with. I think of the distress on the patient side as well cuz I know, you know, I have a I have a doctor that sees all, my entire family. And if something were to happen and I had to find somebody else, that would, that would really, that would really make me nervous. And that puts a lot of stress on the patient side. And, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you have those repeat patients, like my doctor's office knows all of us. They know when we come in, they're like, Oh, let me see the baby. They, they grab Kinsley from me. And, but you know, they, I've got, I've got that relationship with them. So that would kind of, I feel like that would hurt, you know, that hurts, us as, as on the employee side, because we, we lose that relationship. Right. And then we also have, you know, the, on the, on our patient side, we hate having them under that kind of distress. Absolutely.
0: I, I look forward to those co- Christmas cookies patients used to bring in, you know yes. what I'm talking about, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You No. And, yes. that, and speaking of which, if, if there was an issue that they had to do an overpayment, um, think about all the money that would have to go back. And, and again, the cost of all of that, how is right. that going to affect your Christmas bonus, your right. raise, you know, the, the, the practices, opportunity to purchase new equipment. You know, I preach to my students all the time, make sure you get an encoder when you go to work for somebody, right? But if their money is all, all their profit is going into defense, then how, how is that going to affect? It does, it does affect us all. So, so I think what we should do is realize that compliance is our responsibility. When we don't say something, when we don't talk to people, it directly affects us, whether right. we realize it or whether we don't.
1: So the, think, the, go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, just kind of, kind of like, kind of going on top of, on top of that, I think, I think two things that kind of go hand in hand together when you talk about compliance is code of ethics. Like where, like, where is your, you know, where's your ethics at? If you're, if you're one of those, oh, that's, that's not, you know, that's not me. That's not, that's not my problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can, you know, is it ethical to, to walk away knowing that it's non-compliant? You know, again, it's. I think sometimes, sometimes ethical is a is a little bit a little bit more is a little, a little bit I don't know how to say it. Um,
0: it's a personal thing, but yeah. I, I think that people don't realize that you know it affects all of us. Any choices yeah. that are made in the office, it really does affect all of us. And and and, and again, this could be something so minor that yeah. you know. Now, in your practice, what could have happened is they could have implemented a way. You know, providers must date and initial each one of those charge logs. And Mm -hmm. that way, if the date was not on there, if it got cut off when, you know, sometimes they go and they peel those things off and it's like a receipt and it gets, the date would get cut off, but maybe implement a new policy providers. All you need to do is date and initial your charge logs. And then there's no question. So it's something simple, like being able to stop a bad habit before it has a chance to grow roots. And become that big problem. So I think you're 100% right. Look inside yourself and think, you know, wouldn't you want someone else to be looking out for you, for your position, for your bonus, for your your practice, for the patients that you've fallen in love with, for that comfort that you can plan ahead for Christmas and know that, okay, I'm going to have a bonus that's coming in of about $1,500, two grand this year. That's what our Christmas is going to look like. So it's it's important wow. that we do. Um, I know that if we look at the next little element there, this is something that you and I have talked about in the past, and I was not 100% until you broke it down into some options. So so what type of processes or procedures or reports should a a provider's office be generating or looking at, or what's an opportunity to maybe... Uh, document certain activities that are happening that we can focus in on and fix or change or make better.
1: So on the clinical side, and those of you, those of you guys who work in a clinical office, you've, you've probably seen this before. Um, but anytime there was a, there was a clinical error, we would fill out a modest report. So it would actually include um, what kind you know, the type of injury, what fa- what facility, the department, who all was involved, was there, you know, was there even an injury, you know, due to, and I would, I would see it. um, I seen it several times from in the, in like a pediatric office where the baby was like, like seven, like seven months old. And then they would get, you know, they would get the seven years or older vaccine instead because of, and so, but you know, they went through, they had to go through and fill out that report. You know, they would have to call, call the guardian who, you know, whoever, whoever was the primary caretaker, but, you know, they have those processes in place for, for medical errors. So I think, I think developing something similar to that from, you know, from our, from a billing compliance perspective, Mm -hmm. like, okay, so what's, you know, what's, what's the concern? What's, you know, when did you notice it? Who all is involved? And I think another important part is only telling the people that need to know, (laughs)
2: yeah yeah you know
1: what I mean This confidentiality is
0: that that's what takes (laughs) us into our next one there and and you know what you were saying about the Midas report I think that can also help out in developing processes for reporting things that you see so those kind of go hand in hand together is that then that way you can also do some data mining how many you know not Midas but maybe we call them? how many you know error reports did we receive and you can limit, you know, you can kind of stratify those and see, is it a particular provider that's doing this? Is it a procedure that keeps causing this? Is it, you know, you can narrow it down to fix the problem before it gets any bigger. Right. Quality report, Annette, that's the great word, a quality report, very similar to the minor, the Midas report there. So thanks Annette. You know, it does take a village. You're hundred percent right. When you talk about networking, we need everybody. Mm-hmm. We need everybody to help us out to to have someone to bounce off of. i I talk to you often. I talk to Kimberly, who was on our our show last last episode. Yes, you know, I talk to a lot of people throughout the day, the Queen of Denial. Of course, I reach out to her often <laughs> when I have something that's not working right. and And I've been finding more people that I can bounce things off of in networking, you know, following your lead there. But also, I've been able to make suggestions and recommendations to different practices on some compliance issues because of those communications that I've had with people. Um,
1: I'd be interested to hear, um, if anybody else already has a, already has like a process like this in place, like is there, is there, a, is there a certain document that they use? I'd, I'd be interested to hear you know, hear all of their processes for for, you know, for those types of those types of issues.
0: That, that is incredible. That really, that's what we really need here. And, you know, that also helps us find education on certain topics, because when we see something and we say something, usually there's some education that can go with it. Where did that concern come from? If it turns out that it is not a concern, then we have an opportunity there to educate ourselves. If it turns out to be a concern, there's an opportunity to educate the provider or educate. You know, I I have educated medical assistants quite a bit because they help prep the chart. They help ask those questions with the patients. You know, always think about when you've been a patient, you've gone into the doctor's office. They're communicating with you. They're asking you questions. So sometimes they're the ones who require that education um, to... I was reading Danielle's comment, I got sidetracked. You all know that if I see a shiny penny, I go bloop. Yeah, Danielle, <laughs> you're absolutely right. So, so again, working with your medical assistants, communication, that's how we find solutions to possible problems, potential problems, mitigate problems, eradicate problems, right?
1: So I think this is, a I think this is interesting. So the hill system, uh, I, I used to work for a health system previously, but they would, they would celebrate near misses, like catching them, like people when they would identify them as an, as a near miss, like, oh, okay, so we, we found this, this is how we can educate. those affected across the board and i think i think being able to celebrate those near misses is i think that's important too because somebody had to be paying attention to catch that you know what i mean love that i i I love that
0: do you mind if i borrow that the next time i'm doing compliance education with the compliance officer we should celebrate near misses Mm -hmm. i love that uh uh lexi that should become one of our our track lines Celebrate near misses. I love that. Definitely. Um, Moving to the next issue that I want to talk about is the communication. Um, You know, we do find that oftentimes that's how we, we identify where our areas of improvement are. You know, communication, it can include either. I know a lot of times I forward webinars that are coming up if I know that you work in that specific field. So uh, my my friend, Terry Fletcher, she does a lot of cardiology. And oftentimes, if I have a client that really is is needing some more education in cardiology, I will point them that way. My students, my students, I, I throw them all to Victoria Mall. I mean, there's lots of people out there. And I it's she's not not exclusively to Victoria. I would say 99% of the time to Victoria. There's also other people out there that are great at describing or communicating, uh, all of these issues that we might be struggling with. But, uh, so, so I see that that's another way that we can find opportunities to share information, to learn things. You know, you and I were working on another little project where we can start educating people on up and coming news that's coming out because we get so many emails or maybe we don't get emails and we don't know what's going Mm -hmm. on. So we, that communication right. to share that information is so, so important. I think, uh, I think you, you and I both Something about uh, you're on a lot of listservs. You were telling me about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, I think I get like 20 emails a day, but you know, I'm on like the ones from CMS, the AMA, uh, CDC. Uh, there's a, there's a long list and I just, I get random ones all the time and and it's a, it's a lot. It's overwhelming, especially if you're having to tune in, tune in into all of those. Um, and I i'm not, I'm gonna be honest. I don't get to read all of them just because there's, again, there' there's so many. But having, I think having that communication from those external sources, this is how they educate us. This is their way of communicating with us. That's how that's what they've built into their compliance plan. Hey, these are the people that are signed up to listen. You know they're 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 wanting news from us. This is how we're going to update them regularly and be consistent. So I again, have an idea. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Oh no, keep go ahead. You're making a great point. I have an idea. Why don't we challenge all of our listeners to share one new event with somebody who would benefit from it? So let me explain yes. that a little easier. So you get an email from whatever listserv you happen to be on. Go through your emails today. Is there one topic that you have read in any of the emails today that made you think of another person that you know in the industry who may benefit from this information? I want you to take it as your personal challenge to forward an email or create an email and send it to somebody that says, I just heard this information today and I thought of you and how this might help you. So we expand that communication out. If we all took that personal challenge, of reaching out to one other person that we know would benefit from some information that we received, I think mission accomplished. Don't you?
1: Yeah. Cause h- how many people are on here today?
0: Oh, we have a ton of people on here today. So, so I mean, yeah, if everybody did it for one person and that one person did it for one more person. Do you know that, you know, we would be able to tackle so many problems if we all just shared with each other. I challenge you all. That's the challenge. Send one email to somebody today that would benefit from it.
1: And I want to hear about it.
0: Oh, yes, (laughs) absolutely. We both want to hear about it. All right. The next element, because we're running out of time here and I just want to make sure we get a chance to talk about all of it. So the next element is for us to follow the processes. They work, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like you said, you did that process with that doctor You told somebody they had a chance to follow up and they did an investigation and they looked into it. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, it was something simple like the date was not on the charge slip. And so what could have been a problem submitting a claim for somebody that was not seen um, turned out to be a a misunderstanding and you were able to put a new process in place and fix the possibility of that happening again, just having that doctor and a date and initial that charge slip. Yes. Um, The last one is our good faith. You know, I I, I want everyone to understand that having a good compliance program is not about chastising somebody or saying something ugly or demoting them or firing them. Um, It's confidential. It's confidential as long as you keep it confidential. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've worked with some people, Caitlin, I'm sure you have too, that... They like to talk yes. and then when somebody, when they tell the wrong person who tells the wrong person,
1: it can get know. messy. That's what, so whenever I had that whole issue, I, I went and I took all of those charges. I was like, Hey, I need to take a look at these. Don't worry about them. I'll take care of them from here. And I took them. And then I went straight to my supervisor because mm-hmm. again, the least amount of people that know the better. And she didn't need to know. She just needed to know that, Hey, I, I need these paper charges and you don't need to worry about them anymore. That's all that's all that she needed to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and so that's going to be very very important that people should understand that you're not going to get in trouble when you right. do or you say something that is correct. And you, you know, we can't make everybody happy. You and I both know that. There's always going to be somebody out there that <laughs> you know, doesn't like your hairstyle or doesn't appreciate your personality or doesn't like the fact that you are Seeing something and saying something, but truthfully, you're doing it for everyone. Right. So uh, I'm glad, you know, Caitlin, we're, we're kind of running out of time here, but I I really want to thank you for taking the time to be thank with you. us, sharing your story, sharing your experience with us, offering us some tips about the 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 uh, what did what did she say the quality reports? Yeah, those quality yes. reports. I love that, that I'm gonna have to seriously bother that, borrow that. Um, I do want to turn it over to Lexi for a minute because I think she has but I want to say thank you. Thank, thank you, you thank guys. You, thank you for coming today. Thank you for chatting with us. Lexi, what do you have in store for our listeners?
2: Hi friends. Um, so we have some exciting events coming up. Um, this Friday, we have the Radar X Surviving Medicare Recovery Room. Christine and Stacy Buck are presenting on anything radiology. Um, that's The event is also a two-day event. So March 25th, um, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then April 1st, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Really exciting. Don't miss it. We also have review classes coming up uh the palm beach aapc chapter has a cpb review class if anyone is interested um remember all the links will be on our uh, website sterling global solutions um april 9th we have the telehealth during the phe uh, we also have um the lynchburg virginia optimizing risk adjustment hcc coding and compliance and we also have pensacola um achieving icd-10 speci- speci- ooh, specificity what a morning! Um, Make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You don't want to miss out any coming events or videos that we have. We have a lot of exciting things coming up.
0: Thank you so much, Lexi. And thank you all for being with us this afternoon. Please join us in two weeks. We're going to have another Coding with Christine Hall and we will be continuing down our journey of compliance. So nice to see you all. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Thanks for watching.